Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our eight-week study this season is titled, But God. Each of us has a story with many various elements. The one element that outshines them all is the entrance of Jesus Christ into our story. Here's Jacqueline. Job, Job 42, can we start there? Pretty please. Job, we are not going to do a study on Job, but great, great personal study. Read Job, it's 42 chapters, a lot of dialogue, a lot of poetry, a lot of depth. Maybe make that a summer goal. Read through the book of Job without commentary. Get a Bible that does not have a commentary. Challenge yourself to read the poetry of Job for what it is without digging into somebody else's study. Uh-huh. Go into yours. See what the Lord has for you from the life of Job. It's a beautiful story. Um, beautiful story to capture the words, but God. Job can proclaim those fully. In fact, he does, and that's what we're going to read. Job 42, it says, Then Job answered, he answered the Lord directly, and he said these words, I know that you can do all things. He says, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, Job says, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me. Things which I did not know. I wonder how many of us could say that during this but God study. I wonder how many of us uttered things that we did not understand. Did anybody do that during the study? As you considered your story as you live your story, did at one point your heart or your words utter something that you don't understand to the ears of God? I pray that you did. And I pray that these words wash over you. He says, therefore I've uttered what I did not understand, things too, too wonderful for me, things which I did not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. What a sweet gift from our Lord. Verse 5, he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, but now my eye sees you. His ear, he says, I knew of you. I knew of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, now through my but God story, I see you. We're going to look today at the two words, but God. But I also want to throw in two more words. And I pray these two words carry you through this next season of your life. That as you go through, and perhaps some of us may sit during the next break after this study and go through the study again. Listen to the podcast, rewatch the videos, go through your study guide, or ignore all of that and go back to the scriptures that spoke to you the most during the study and revisit the word of God. Podcasts are good. Study guides are good, but there's nothing 
sweeter and more powerful than the scripture, especially that scripture that the Lord laid on your heart while listening to preaching. You go to church on Sunday and your pastor uses a reference and then you wake up Monday morning, that same reference is on your heart. Sweet friend, that's from the Lord. That was a message from you directly that God gave to you through the leadership of your pastor that he wants you to eat on during the week. Maybe the scripture that came up through our but God study is what you need to take into your next season. Focus on that scripture. And as you focus on that scripture, will you add these two words to that study? Two words are but now. But now. When we first started the study, we were encouraged to go into our... Um, our Bible app, if we have a Bible app, and look up the words, but God, and do a scripture study on how often we see throughout scripture, but God, but God, but God. Do the same thing. Go through and see all the passages of scripture that show, but now. We're going to do that today. Does that sound good? We see it a touch in Job 42. We see Job saying from the heartache that Job lived, the separation that Job lived, the isolation that Job lived, the physical ailments that Job lived, the death of his children that Job lived through. Job hit bottom. And he sits here and he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. The dialogue he had with his God in the midst of his story absolutely amazing. Let's open in prayer and then we'll go to um, our passage for the day. Heavenly Father, Lord gracious King, how we love you. We thank you so much. We thank you so much for being our God. We thank you so much for holding us so sweetly, so intimately, so powerfully in your mighty hands. Lord, my story I laid before your throne publicly during this study. I pray, Lord, that somehow in your miraculous way, in your divine power, that you'll use a piece of my story to help heal the heart that can relate, the heart that can say, I understand what you're saying. I understand the words that you actually didn't say. I pray that you'll use that to knit our hearts together to yours. Help us to grow through one another's story. Help us to grow through your story in our life, your presence. We thank you so much for being our God. We thank you so much for seeing the whole story, and we thank you that we're allowed to open our eyes and see as well. It's an amazing thing when we get to behold your presence in our story. I pray that you'll be with us as we look at scriptures. We open up Ephesians 5. Heavenly Father, I open that before you and I pray your words alone are spoken today. I pray that your words are felt upon the hearts that are listening to this right now. I pray that you'll go before. Go before our story. Go before our thoughts. Go before our words. Go before our understanding. And help us, Lord, to see what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. Set our eyes that our eyes only and truly on you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ephesians. We were in Ephesians last week. We are going to be in Ephesians again this week. Ephesians chapter 5 specifically. Ephesians 5 begins with the word, therefore, 
which makes me desperately want to go back to chapter four and start our study in chapter four. However, when you look in chapter four, you see a word therefore, which makes you want to go back to chapter three and start your study in chapter three. The problem there is you see the word therefore, which takes you back to chapter two. Here's my encouragement to you. Follow that therefore to chapter one and do a personal study on Ephesians. Make that your personal challenge. Look over Ephesians. And if you don't know where to start, start with the therefores and figure out what is he putting his emphasis on? Because if we say, therefore do this, then there was something that he laid a foundation of truth on. And he's saying, because of this, that foundation of truth, stand on this foundation of truth. And he gives guidelines of how to do so. So it's a good personal challenge. We're going to not go through the whole book due to time. We are going to go to Ephesians 5. And we're going to look at verse 1. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. What a beautiful start to this chapter. He gives some advice of what to set aside. And my prayer is, as we walk through these few verses, that you'll allow your heart to go back to week one. That scripture that God gave you in week one. Allow your heart to go back to week two. Whatever that scripture is that the Lord is speaking to you, that is continuing to speak upon your heart, connect that part of your story to what we're going to read right here. Some of us can connect this part of the story with people that brought these words, these situations into our lives. Do you know that even though this type of behavior was brought into our lives, we still have control over it? Consider that. Sometimes we get the crude talking, we get the sexual immorality, we get the impurity that was cast upon us and we put it in a suitcase right here in our heart. Or we keep it right here in our hand or we put it on a backpack and we carry the weight of these words. We carry the weight of this grossness as if it's our responsibility to carry around. The truth of the matter is this scripture is going to tell us to not hold on to it. Don't let it be a piece of you. That's saying you have a choice. Is that fair to say? You have a choice to literally take off that backpack of wrong words and say, this is not my responsibility. Say, so is it that easy? Yes and no. Because sometimes we take that backpack and we slip it right back on. I don't know why we do, but the fact of the matter is, am I right? We do. For some reason, we'll be like, man, it feels so good to call myself pure. When I've been called impure my whole life, I'm pure. And then sometimes, some random moment in our life, we're like, oh, hold on, let me put that back on. And we hang our head and we carry ourselves as if, once again, we are impure. I don't know why, I don't know why we do that. Is that our human flesh? If it's our tendency to go back to what's comfortable, even though it's gross, we know how to respond in that. I don't know. I don't know why we do this. It, let's not do that. So as we read through this scripture, can we let go of the responsibility that we've been holding on to? Because that responsibility is not yours. However, the choice is yours. Does that make sense? 
Here's what Paul is telling the church in Ephesus that has spoken to our hearts as well. He says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness. Let there be no filthiness. I'm going to read that again. Let there be no, no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. What is our place? Our place is on the rock. Remember last week we talked about how our feet are sure-footed on the rock of Jesus Christ. There's no place there. Say, but these words were spoken to me when I was so little and I've heard them my whole life. But honey, your feet are on the rock. There's no place there. They're out of place there. There's no room. Make it a choice. If you need to do those therapeutic things, if you get those words and you write it on a rock and literally go check it in the river, go do that. The, that, that, rock, that, that. That rock has no place on the rock. Don't, allow, don't bring that in. There's no, there's no place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Oh, we don't do homework in Women Inseparable, but we have challenges that are so hard and so sweet. This right here is a challenge for some of us in this room. The opposite of that filthiness, the opposite of that foolish talking, the opposite of those crude jokes that were just shoved into us that have no place in us or around us or under us. Instead, there needs to be thanksgiving, which means your homework is to look at those words that have been thrown at you and look at the thanksgiving of God and replace it. I don't know if that means writing it down and being like, here are the words that have been said to me. Here are the words that have been said to me by my God. Those words are so much more powerful than any word, any human that was made in the likeness of God that chose to embrace evil. Those words that are spoken to us by those people can't stand next to the truth of our God. Replace those words with thanksgiving. There's place in your life, in your heart for those words. Why? Verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Do you see your choice right there? I don't know if those empty words came from yesterday or are happening. I don't know if you're, those empty words are happening in your life today. Let no one deceive you with empty words. That's a choice. It's a choice to protect yourself, to stand in the presence of God and not let those words deceive you, to lead you away. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And we can take that right back to week one. Verse seven, we have, therefore, because of this truth, because of this choice that we have, it says, therefore, do not become partners with them. We could put the word mental partners. We could put the word emotional partners. We could put physical partners. We could put sexual partners 
partners. We could put financial partners. Watch your partnership. Watch your partnership. Do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now, but now you are light. That is your truth. This is what I pray above all things that you see today. Look at this truth. For at one time you were darkness. Before you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you were identified as darkness. It is a true statement. Every one of us could write that down as a truth. There was a moment in our life that you were identified as darkness because you did not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then one day, whenever that day was, you put your faith in the risen Son of God. You learned who Jesus Christ was. You learned that He came, that He lived. You learned that He died on the cross, that He was buried, and you learned that He rose again. And you put all your faith and all your belief in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. From that moment on, the word darkness has nothing to do on you. It's not your identity, not even close. You think, but Jesus, Jesus, he erased all darkness. In your life, take that personal. He erased all darkness in your life. And look at how the depth of this. Take this so personal in light of your story, in light of that struggle that is going on inside your mind, inside your heart. Listen to this truth. For at one time before Jesus Christ, you were darkness. But now you are light in the world. So often in Women Inseparable, we use the phrase, as you are where you are. Have you heard that a time or two? We, this is why we come. This is who we are as a body of Women Inseparable. We see this in this room. We see this on our podcast girls or video girls. We are a vast group of women who come as we are where we are. My prayer, my one concern that I have with that phrase is that it does not become a crutch. You know that phrase like, oh, I'm an angry person. That's who I am. Hmm. It's a different, different terminology. As we are where we are is this passage right here. You are light. You are light. And we don't need to worry about, and this is why we have freedom in women inseparable. We don't have to show up with our own flashlights and be like, here's the light that I shine. Do you, I see, you see my freedom. We don't have to come and put our pretense and not show up because our light ran out of batteries. Even when our, right? Anybody ever showed up without a battery in their light bulb? <laughs> and like, I'm here by the grace of God. I, I have been sick, and I had no intention of saying any of this. I was praying about my story. I have been sick since June. Weird stuff in the summertime. Awful, awful, horrendous stuff in the fall. December, Christmas Day was a rock-bottom health day for me. I spent January getting infusions, biopsies, ultrasounds. I had a surgery in September. I had a surgery in March. I've showed up every, I, I got rides, I think, during the entire Jesus and Me study, the study that we did right before we did our But God study. I don't think I drove to church one time. I couldn't. I was so dizzy and so weak and so pale. I, I was a mess physically. 
I was a mess. Got so bad during the end of that study and into the but God study that every time I spoke, my face hurt, like dreadfully hurt. Every time I laughed, my face dreadfully hurt. Every time I smiled, my face dreadfully hurt. I'm a teacher of scripture and women inseparable. I wasn't not going to show up. I don't care if I'm going to spend the rest of my day sleeping. I've got, I got my friends. I need to go, I need to go read scripture. There, there was no thought about it. It doesn't matter what's going on in our bodies. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life. The fact of the matter is our light is not held in our hands. Our light comes from Jesus Christ. So even though I showed up every single week without a battery to my name, I didn't own a battery. <laughs> That's how drained my, my personal flashlight was. There was nothing I had to give. I had nothing to give. But the Lord's light is so bright. The Lord's light is so bright. And I think you guys can testify. This scripture passage has been amazing, hasn't it? The study in but God has been amazing. It had nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. I would show up as empty as possible. We would start at 10. I, up until today, I showed up about 9.55, right? We start at 10. I'd show up 9.55, walk around the back. So if anybody had the thought for a quick minute, like, man, she's so antisocial. Ha! <laughs> Somebody had that thought in this room. I was saving my face pain, just to be honest with you guys. I was saving my voice, because by the time I'd get to my car, I couldn't get a word out of my mouth. I'd go home, and my husband would be like, how'd it go? And I would tell him like this, because I, no, I, no, I had nothing left. I was completely and utterly drained. So I'd show up at 9.55 every day during this But God study and walk around to the back, go out with my team, and we would pray as a team. And I'd get up and sit in the light of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and see what He can do. It doesn't matter. And this is what I love about what we do. It doesn't matter how, what our flashlight looks like. We don't have to pretend anything. We don't have to do more than what we're asked to do. But we ought not do less than what we're asked to do. Show up. Show up and see what the light of Jesus Christ can do in your life. Because I'm testifying right now, he could do big things. He could do big things. Show up. Our title of But God today is Nothing is Impossible with God. Today I showed up at 9.30. I text my girlfriend, so my leadership team, I'm like, I'm going to be there early. I'm running really early. If I can help, let me know. And then I started laughing. I text him again. I'm like, I don't know why that was so funny, but that was so funny. Because A, I haven't been running early in a year, and B, I don't help. <laughs> The best way I help is people say, just go sit over there. We'll call you when we're ready. That's how I help the best. But I showed up at 930 and Gail's response on our text was, I'm so happy that you're feeling better. I have been given a 100% clean health bill from my doctor just after speaking last Thursday. I left here. I went directly to my doctor who ran an incredible panel but the people that were taking my blood were like, we don't even know what these tests are. Like he was pulling for everything and every single thing that he pulled came up completely clean. And he said, oh. I, this is what our God can do. 
He says, all I can say is that you're miraculously healed. That's my title. In the medical realm, that's my title, miraculously healed. We have been sitting here studying the two words, but God, and I've been sitting here living it the last eight weeks. And I stand here today, I sit here on my stool today, not because I have to, because my feet can hold me up today. I won't, I won't fall over if I stood and spoke today, but God healed me in a beautiful, miraculous way. It has nothing to do with my light, nothing to do with my light. It has everything to do with who I am because of our God. I don't know what your story was. I don't know what your story is, but now see yourself who you are. This is who you are. This is what you can do because of who you are. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Verse eight, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. As you are, as you are where you are, you are light in the Lord. Even when your health is down, you are light in the Lord, not your light. You're his light in the Lord. You're financially down as you are, where you are, you are light in the Lord. Show up, see yourself for who you are and be who you are as you are in the light of the Lord. You can put this sentence into your marriage, can't you? Into your children, into your grandbabies, over your work, over your neighborhood. There's nothing that you can't put next to this sentence. As you are where you are, not as a crutch, not as an excuse, not as a, well, it's who I am, take me or leave me, but as a, this is who he is. Watch what he can do. For it's in our weakness, it's when we say this light, my light is completely empty. I've got nothing in my light, my flashlight. I'm going to set that down. I'm going to just show up and see what God can do. That's as we are. That's where we are. That's what God's going to do. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful every single time. And I can say it's beautiful every single time because I can point to faces in this room that have been showing up for eight weeks in the midst of their story. I'm not going to be rude and tell their story because for some reason they don't want to sit on this stool. But I'm not the only one who has showed up for eight weeks in the midst of a story. We show up. We show up as we are. We show up where we are and we proclaim, I am the light of the Lord. It changes everything. It takes everything, all the pressure off you and puts all glory on him. This is his light. He is the light of the, the, the world and we get to walk in it, which is what it continues saying. It says, walk as children of light. And in parentheses, Paul adds a very interesting statement. He says, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, all that is right, and all that is true. It's fascinating to see that when we show up as we see ourselves in the light of the Lord and we walk as children of light, we walk as we are. What are we? We're children of the light. When we walk as we are, when we walk where we are, there's fruit from his light in you that is titled good. 
interesting. We show up as we are where we are and we think this is all I got. Sure, that's all you have, but look at what God has. He has fruit, literally fruit that is called good that is coming out of you. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Last week we talked about visualizing that rock under our feet. What if we continue that visualization this week, picturing that rock underneath us, that rock on which we stand, and also look for the fruit that is called good, that is coming out of you as you are where you are. I could testify over the last eight weeks what my fruit is. It's in your seat. Every week you showed up, my heart was filled. Every single week you guys showed up, my heart was so full. And when I read this sentence this week in preparation, faces and smiles and tears and connections that have taken place in this room over the last eight weeks, I'm like, God, what other fruit is there than the fruit of girlfriends who get to sit together and study scripture together? There's nothing sweeter. Beautiful. So personally, thank you. Thank you for being on my list of fruit, of what is good of what is right, of what is true. What is the fruit of light that is found in you? We know how, where we are. We know the truth of as we are. What's the fruit that's coming out of that? Look for it. It's there. It's there. Find it. Verse 10, it says, And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Good. So many challenges in this study, and I pray that we take that and apply it to our story. Verse 11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. There's unfruitful works. Don't take part of it. You have a choice. But instead, and this is such an interesting, powerful sentence for our study, it says, Instead, expose them. Expose them. It says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. You say, but I've been holding on to other people's unfruitful works of darkness. That is my story. My literal story is the unfruitful works of darkness. It's my story. Those unfruitful works of darkness were my childhood or my teen years, my 20s, my 30s, my go through your decade. Those unfruitful works, I've been holding on to them. Here's what scripture says, and we can put this directly onto our personal story. It says, take no part in them. Those works are not yours. And if they are, they were of the past. They're not yours anymore. Personal forgiveness is a powerful thing. It says, instead, expose them. Expose them. If you need motivation to tell your story, here it is. You need a reason to tell your story. Here it is. Verse 12. It says, For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but yet we hold it in secret. We allow it to rob our thoughts in secret. We allow them to rob our joy in secret. We allow them to root themselves in our personality and our characteristics and our marriage and our raising of our children. We allow them to show fruit in our life, but it's a shame to, to speak of them, but we allow them to control us. Do you see how not okay this is? Look at what happens when we expose them. Verse 13, but when anything 
Oh, sweet friend, what is that word? What is that sentence? What is that story that you could put in that word anything? But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Don't let that scare you. I just shared my story over the last eight weeks. When anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. That darkness that we put on our backpacks, that darkness that we hold in the luggage, the darkness that we label ourselves with, when we expose it to the light, it is now exposed for light, which means it's now useful. Does anybody in this room regret the fact that I shared my story? Did you come into the light a little bit more? When you expose what is dark and you lay it before the light, it is now therefore light and it can now change your life upside down because no longer do you look at yourself as darkness because you're not because now you are children of the light that includes your story your story now has power your story now has freedom your story now has strength your story now has a purpose and it's not just a weight it's not just there to bring you down to make you feel insecure every time you walk into a door it is now there to be like, okay, Lord, who needs my story? Who needs it so that I could share your light so somebody else can be relieved from their darkness? Oh, I pray that through my story being revealed in the light that your darkness fades. That's my prayer. There's a 100% motivation behind saying yes to sharing my story. I don't ever share my story publicly, ever. One-on-one -on -one coffee shops, many coffee shops know many things about my story. <laughs> many couches have heard many sentences about my story. Public studies, not so much. The one time I did, I was with Gail. We were up at a retreat in the mountains, and that whole portion got cut from video. This is the first time I've ever shared any of my story publicly, and it's, it's public. It's out there. And I was interested each week as I shared a little bit more about my story, how detached it was. It wasn't that I was burying my soul. It was more I was picking up some pieces that had been put away, unearthing them for a moment, bringing them into the light, and sharing them for the glory of God. And then my favorite thing is that when I left here each week, I didn't put it on me. That was my favorite thing. I put it back where it belonged, over there. Tell your story. Tell your story. I promise, you promise, you, you see it. When somebody tells their story, it affects you. With that same power, with that same beauty, when you tell your story, it's going to affect somebody else. And the light of Jesus Christ, in whom you are, will knock out darkness, one heart, one soul at a time. And every time you do so, you become stronger. I can testify. Every time you tell your story, you put one more heap of dirt over the emotions that carry with it. And you get to stand on it. Stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Your story is what it is. It's a story. It's truth. 
hurt. It's real. We have scars. I have scars. That's not my identity. For now. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 14 says once again, for anything, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, and then Paul goes back and he quotes some scripture. Then I'm going to close by giving you some scripture to study on your own. He says, awake, O sleeper. Awake. What a powerful, powerful call to action. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine. He'll shine on you. Why? Because you are the child of light. You are the child of Jesus Christ. Two passages for you to hold on to. In light of, of what we're reading from Ephesians 5, Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. I'm not going to give you a verse because that's cheating. <laughs> do you like how I do that? I always give chapters. I used to give chapter and verses. I'm like, eh, that's too easy. Chapters are so much better. Isaiah 60, 6, 0. And the Numbers, Numbers chapter 6. I'm personally going through the book of Numbers right now. It's an amazing book. Numbers is an amazing book. The stories that are accounted in Numbers, the emotions that are accounted in Numbers, the heartache that are accounted in that book and the power of our God that's accounted in the book of Numbers is miraculous. Absolutely and utterly miraculous. Numbers chapter 6 will shed light even more on this passage. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Oh, my prayers that we write these words on our Pandora's box. Pop in that key. Release your story. Because all things that are exposed by the light becomes visible. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being light. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to become the savior of the world. And we thank you that we get to take that so personally and claim him as our personal savior. We thank you that Jesus changes everything. It's absolutely amazing that in Jesus, our story becomes light, that our story becomes powerful, that it becomes useful, that it becomes freeing, that it's no more something that weighs us down or an eternal label that we put on ourselves. It's now just a tool, a tool used in the light of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's absolutely beautiful and wonderful. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the pieces of my story. The ones from yesterday and the ones from today, I thank you so much for being able to stand and say, but God. I pray right now for every one of us that are listening to this, that are praying together in unison, that we will never shift our eyes off of you. That in the midst of our story, that our eyes will always remain on the God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That we'll always stand and say, our God is so big that nothing, nothing is impossible with our God. Even that, 
Heavenly Father, even that thing that just crossed our minds that feels so heavy, that feels so hard, that feels so impossible, Father God, even that you have, you have full power over. You're not intimidated by it. I pray right now that we'll lay that at your feet and that we'll continue to walk in the light as we are, where we are. Heavenly Father, we love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.